Hey, how you doing? We're in Genesis 22 today, uh, and it's that passage that uh, if, you've read, if you've been brought up in the church or you've had any kind of Bible background, it's when uh, God calls Abraham to offer Isaac, his only son, uh, to him, to God, as an offering. And I've had conversations with people over the years where this is a hard one, and i got to be honest, I think any parent who loves their kids would sit and go, I don't know if I can do this. That God looks at Abraham and says, I want you to present Isaac your only son. And he even says it there in, uh, in verse 2, take your son, your only son whom you love. So the relationship that Abraham had with Isaac was one of love. I want you to take him, I want you to offer him to me as a sacrifice. But here's the thing, that Abraham's response was what? In verse 3, uh, it says, so Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey. In other words, it's immediate obedience. Saddled, saddled, saddled up his donkey, got wood for the offering, took a couple of his, uh, couple of his workers, and then took uh, Isaac with him. The thing that I didn't notice is that on verse 4, it says, on the third day. That means that they were traveling for three days. So it looks like a camping trip. Like they're going, the sun sets, they set up camp, and then they're camping. And the next day, same thing. At night, go to sleep. Next day, the third day. I don't know. As a dad, I kept sitting there going, could I keep walking forward for three days waiting for God to reveal where this was supposed to happen when I knew what was going to happen, what I had been called to do? I mean, I figured that every step would have been so difficult, especially if you weren't quite sure where you were going. Then it goes on, says this is, this is the place, this was the appointed place, the appointed time. And so Abraham takes Isaac, leaves the servants, but this is the part where it says in verse 5, Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, the boy and I will go over there to worship, then we'll come back to you. He doesn't say, then I'll come back to you. He actually has this belief that he's going to come back with his son. The writer of Hebrews talks about it this way, that the writer of Hebrews says something like, uh, Abraham, by faith, did this, believing that if he did have to go through with offering up his son to God, that God could resurrect his son. But Abraham goes in with faith, believing in faith that he'll have his son back. It goes on, so think about it. You climb the mountain, uh, you find the spot, you, you have the wood all cut up, you tie up your son, you lay him down on the altar. At some point, Isaac's got to be freaking out a little bit. Um, and then you raise up the knife in order to sacrifice your son. And that's the part that's hard for us. It's like, how could he do this? And how could God even ask him to do this? Well, see, I'm convinced that at no point was God ever going to make him actually go through with it. This was a test. God hated this, this practice. There were many people groups um, around uh, Abraham, around that weren't Israelites, but different nations and people groups that would worship false gods, by sacrificing their babies. And they actually believed that their God actually required it and wanted it. And yet God hated it. He calls it an, he calls it an abomination. He absolutely detested it. So when you look at the totality of the scriptures, you see that God hated this. And so therefore God was really never going to go through with it. But it did teach Abraham a whole lot. And it's still I still look at it and I cringe because I go, gosh, how could Abraham do this? But he stopped in the middle of it. Uh, so when you get down to, let's say, verse, he has his belief in verse 8. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb when Isaac, before they, before he's tied up, hey, where, where's the sacrifice coming from? 
bountiful son. You get to verse 11. The angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. And that's how Abraham responded. Verse 12. Then he said, do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your only son from me. That's a big statement, friends. Friends, we just have to remember that if we're followers of Jesus, now let's take the application. I don't believe that he's called any of us to do this. This was a test for Abraham. At no, no place else in the scriptures does God ever give this test to anybody else that's recorded. But for us, do we love God more than anything else? Is he preeminent? The writer of Colossians, Paul, says that, that Christ is to be preeminent, priority, top dog. He's supposed to be the most important thing to us. But is he? He goes down to... Uh, uh, then look at verse uh, 13. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went, took the ram, and offered it, in, in, offered it as a burnt offering in place of his son. And then Abraham named that place the Lord will provide. Guys, when you go back up to verse 8, here's an application that we can take and thank God for who he is and the kind of father that he is. Abraham answered the boy. Remember, the boy asked, Isaac asked, hey, where's the sacrifice? God himself will provide the lamb. Take that statement and look at it from a New Testament covenant era. A new covenant era where Jesus died on a cross, came back from the dead. God provided Jesus, his son, the lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. He presented the lamb of God, Jesus, as the sacrifice. Therefore, God provided the sacrifice in our place. You see it played out in here that instead of Isaac having to take and become the, become the sacrifice, this lamb that God provided, this ram that God provided, uh, becomes the sacrifice, becomes the propitiation, the new target, um, becomes the new, the new sacrifice. So we see that God provided there. But here's the other one, friends, remember. Like we look at Abraham and go, how could you do that? We got to remember that the father loved us so much that he, he gave his only son. And while with Abraham, he told him, stop, because now I see what's in your heart. I see that you love me more. When it came to Jesus on the cross, the father did not say stop, but let it continue. See, Jesus experienced on that cross, on Golgotha, he experienced the wrath of God because of our sin. He took our punishment and he took our penalty. And so we, it's very often to look at God and say, do you even relate? Can you relate with us when we go through these difficult times? For those of you who've lost a child, do you realize that there's a father in heaven who understands what that feels like? I'm thankful to God that God saw fit by his grace and his mercy to provide the lamb for the sacrifice so that I would not have to pay for my sin, but he paid for the sin of the world so that we could enter into a relationship with himself. We can look at God and say, how could you ask someone to do that? But when is the last time that we actually pulled back and thanked God? Thank you, God, that you actually fulfilled that. And all of this because he's, he loves us. He wants us. Friends, I hope this is an encouragement to you. I know it's a challenging passage. And there's no way to do justice in these few minutes that we do this together. But I pray that this is a reminder the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of the grace of God, the mercy of God, the love of God, and the forgiveness that we're given in relationship with God as we submit, repent from sin, submit to Christ's lordship, and follow him. Friends, it's absolutely amazing what it is that God has done for us, what Jesus did in our place so that we wouldn't have to do it ourselves. God loves you so much. Friends, love you more than you know. We'll talk soon. Thank you.